Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henry. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Well, this morning, if you would, turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. We're beginning our series entitled The Holy Spirit, and uh, we're looking forward to entering into all that means for us as a church. Our beginning text today is going to be John, chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, and Typically, as a church, I preach through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, because we believe that is what is what the Bible instructs us to do, and we see that example throughout His Word, and we want to preach all God's Word and not skip the hard parts. But every once in a while, we will take topics of what does the Bible say about an entire topic And the topic of the Holy Spirit is particularly important, one, because we need to know him, and second, because it's a confusing issue in our culture today. And so I am hoping with God's help to illuminate the Holy Spirit and to uh, bring clarity uh, to where there is confusion uh, so that we might be a church that walks in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and that we might accomplish all that God prepared beforehand, before the world began, for us to walk into. And that we might be a place that believes and declares the authority of God's word over the power of this world and the power of Satan so that we come together in victory. We don't come together to just go whine until we get to heaven. We come to seek God's face and see his glory move on our behalf, in our time, in our church, in our community. And we so need it. Amen? John chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. Always the last one there to make sure you have, or verse 16 and 17, excuse me, um, to give you enough time to get there. Verse 16, John chapter 14, verse 16, now that I've confused you. It begins in this way. And I, that is Jesus, is speaking here. And the context here is Jesus is going away. He's about to go to the cross. And so he's having some final moments with his disciples. And he's been telling them for a long time that he's going to the cross. But they didn't get it. And it kind of ricocheted off their thinking. And they would change the subject. But they're starting to get it a little more here. And And Jesus' words are really uh, getting to them. And so Jesus is adding this. He is adding to the fact that he's going away. He is telling them this as well, verse 16 again. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. 
even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or nor knows him. Listen, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now the purpose of this series that we're beginning this morning is to bring you into the knowledge of the person of the Holy Spirit. And my hope and prayer, with God's help, is to help you to experience a deep and intimate and meaningful experience with the third person of the Godhead. That you will be so compelled by what God has to say to you that you will yield your life fully to him and you will enter in to all that he wants to do in and through your life. Listen, for, for his glory and for your best, for the best of your family, for the life that you were created and want to live at the depths of your soul. My hope and prayer is that you will have a real, meaningful experience with the Holy Spirit as Charles Finney had, the great American evangelist and theologian. He describes his encounter for the first time with the Holy Spirit in this way. This is a journal entry, so it's a little awkward to read. So if I flub up, it's because it's not grammatically correct. It's just him writing in his journal. This is a long entry, so hang with me. It'll be on the screen behind me as I read it to you. Charles Finley records this. After dinner, we referring to Squire Wright and myself, that's who he's with, were engaged in removing our books and furniture to another office. We were very busy in this and had but little conversation all the afternoon. My mind, however, remained in that profoundly tranquil state. There was a great sweetness and tenderness in my thoughts and feelings. Everything appeared to be going right, and nothing seemed to ruffle or disturb me in the least. Just before evening, the thought took possession of my mind that as soon as I was left alone in my new office, I would try to pray again, that I was not going to abandon the subject of religion and give it up at any rate, and therefore, although I no longer had any concern about my soul, still, I would continue to pray by evening, we got the books and furniture adjusted, and I made up in an open fireplace a good fire, hoping to spend the evening alone. Just at dark, Squire Wright, seeing that everything was adjusted, bade me good night and went to his home. I had accompanied him to the door, and as I closed the door and turned around, my heart seemed to be 
liquid within me. All my feelings seem to rise and flow out, and the utterance of my heart was, I want to pour out my soul to God. The rising of my soul was so great that I rushed into the room, into the room back of the front of the office to pray. There was no fire and no light in the room. Nevertheless, it appeared to me as if it were perfectly light. As I went in and shut the door after me, it seemed as if I met the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. It did not occur to me, it did not occur to me then, nor did it for some time afterward, that it was wholly a mental state. On the contrary, it seemed to me that I saw him as I would see any other man. He said nothing, but looked at me in such a manner as to break me right down at his feet. I have always since regarded this as the most remarkable state of mind, for it seemed to me a reality that he stood before me, and I fell down at his feet and poured out my soul to him. I wept aloud like a child and made such confessions I could with my choked utterance. It seemed to me that I bathed his feet with my tears, and yet I had a distinct impression that I touched him. I had no distinct impression that I touched him that I recollect. I must have continued in this state for a good while, but my mind was too much absorbed with the interview to recollect anything I said. But I know as soon as my mind became calm enough to break off the interview, I returned to the front office and found that the fire that I had made of a large wood was nearly burned out. But as I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was anything or any such a thing for me, without any recollection that I ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression, like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know, but I should say I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more. Yet I had no fear of death. My hope and prayer is that you would have a vivid, glorious experience with the Holy Spirit. 
just like Finney. And to that end, the first thing that we need to know is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Will you feel that in your notes? It is important for us to know that the Holy Spirit is a person. So let me tell you real quick where we're headed in this series. I'm going to begin by building a theological foundation for you about who is the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit's work is in the world. And then we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit's work is in the believer's lives. And then we are going to unpack the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we're going. About 26 messages so far. We'll see. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is a person. That is, hear me, he is not an essence. He is not a power. He is not a force. That is, you can have raw power without personality, you know, nuclear power, for example. But it's kind of hard to have a relationship with nuclear power. The Holy Spirit is not an essence. And so if you think of him somehow as this impersonal force that, that permeates the world or or this unintelligent power that's at work in the universe, listen, you cannot know him. You cannot love him, and you cannot call out to him in your time of need. It is vital that you understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, I say that because there are many who speak about the Holy Spirit today within the confines of the church, and they speak as though the Holy Spirit was a power to be wielded. And what they are speaking and what they are practicing, listen, is actually a form of witchcraft in the name of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is not a power. That is not to deny the power of the Spirit in our lives, and we'll get to all that. He is a person, and he is a person that indwells us, and then his power is thus exercised through us, but we're the vessel, he's the person, he possesses the power. We don't wield it. Big difference. Well, to that end, the Bible very clearly reveals the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. And so I want to show us that today. That is what we're going to take a look at that. At. And so first off, what I want us to see is that Scripture 
when it speaks of the Holy Spirit, refers to him in personal pronouns. Fill that in in your notes. The scriptures talk about the Holy Spirit in terms of personal pronouns. That is, the Holy Spirit is never referred to as an it in scripture. That is, we don't say, I yield to it. You know, I just need more of it in my life. No, he is a person. I yield to him. I need more of him in my life. Well, let's take a look at a few examples of that. Let's take a look again at verse 16 and 17. It actually reveals that. Take a look again with me. And I will ask the Father and he, that is the Son here, is praying to the Father that, listen, that you might receive the Spirit. Jesus' desire is that you receive the Holy Spirit and that you know him intimately and deeply and you walk with him every moment of your life. And he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, that's the Holy Spirit, nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so all of those are pronouns referring to the Holy Spirit. And because we're close in proximity, just turn over to John 16 and we'll take a look at one more example of this. John chapter 16, verses 7 and following down to 14. Jesus says this, nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All of these pronouns reference the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, Scripture not only always refers to the Holy Spirit 
in personal pronouns. But in addition, there are three essential characteristics of personhood. And so fill this in. A person is a being with a mind, a will, and feelings. A person is a being with a mind, a will, and feelings. And the Bible ascribes all three of those characteristics to the Holy Spirit. And so turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So we're in John. It goes Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I should be hearing pages turning. There we go. That's music to the pastor's ears. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. First off, the Holy Spirit has a mind. This is what this verse reveals. Verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's just stop there and say, wow, thank you, God. It's going to be awesome. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. That is, the Holy Spirit knows everything, even the depths of God and those things that man does not know about God, the Spirit knows. He possesses knowledge. He possesses uh, a mind. He has an intellect. And again, you know, raw power does not possess knowledge. Verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And so Paul says that God reveals things to us. God reveals knowledge to us by the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit knows all things, even the depths of God. But the exciting thing is this, we receive the Holy Spirit that we might understand the things that God has freely given unto us. And the Holy Spirit imparts that knowledge to us. He teaches us of spiritual things that you can't get on Google, spiritual truths that you can't see with your natural eyes, spiritual enlightenment that only comes from God. The natural man 
does not know, does not understand. It can only come from the Spirit of God. And so that's why you have people read the Bible and they're like, I don't get this. I mean, I get the information, but I don't get it. It is because they do not have the Spirit of God revealing to them that which God is imparting to them. And so listen, friends, if you want to see, if you want to hear, you must ask the Holy Spirit to give you eyes, to give you ears, to give you understanding so that when you read his word, you hear and see him. You won't learn it in a book. You won't get it from any scholar. It comes from the spirit of truth, from God himself, listen, revealing himself to you, speaking to you. He has a mind. He has intelligence. He possesses knowledge. And second, he possesses a will. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. And when we talk about the spiritual gifts, we'll, we'll land here in chapter 12, 13, and 14, if you want to know, ultimately. We'll unpack this in detail. But chapter 12, verse 11, is where I want to focus today. Verse 11, all these, that is concerning spiritual gifts, that's the topic that Paul is unpacking right here. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as what? He wills. That is ultimately the Holy Spirit has a mind. He has a will. And the third thing that we said, the third characteristic is that he has feelings. He has emotions. Ephesians 4.30, you don't have to turn there. They'll be on the screen. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That is, you cannot grieve in essence. A, a force does not grieve. A, a person grieves. The Holy Spirit is a person. Romans 15.30, take a look on the screen with me. Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. You don't hear a lot of sermons on the love of the Spirit. <laughs> and yet, the greatest fruit of the Spirit is love. And yet Paul is actually going to contend, we'll get to it in 1 Corinthians 13, that in the midst of, all the spirit, uh, midst of all the spiritual gifts, which are important, which are operative, 
But in the midst of that, he does say, I just want to throw in here, you guys are totally infatuated with all this stuff, but I, I just want you to know that there's a more excellent way than even doing all of that. And he says the more excellent way is love. He says if you really want to know if the Spirit has full control of your life, is there agape love flowing out of your life? And then he defines what agape love is. You hear it at every wedding, right? And we'll unpack that later. And so the Holy Spirit has a mind, he has a will, he has feelings. But not only that, the, the scripture points to the fact that, that he's referred to in personal pronouns. The scripture points to the fact that he has those three essential characteristics of personality, but the scripture also refers to all the personal acts done by the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to give you a few for an example, certainly not exhaustive by any means. But one of the personal acts that are done by the Spirit, you can fill this in, is he speaks. He speaks. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he speaks. An essence does not speak. A power does not speak. A person does. Acts 13.2 says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Saul and Barnabas for me, for the work which I have called them. A second thing that the Holy Spirit does is he intercedes. Fill that in. He intercedes. He speaks and he enter. Seeds, Romans 8.26, take a look on the screen. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for. <laughs> Amen? We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's a beautiful verse. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you and me. He, he prays better prayers for you. A third thing that he does, fill this in, he bears witness. He bears witness. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 26 says, And when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to you. You would not see Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Next thing he does is he, he teaches. Fill that in. He, he teaches. 
Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 26 says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit not only speaks to you, he not only intercedes for you, he not only reveals Jesus to you, bears witness of who Jesus is, he teaches you all things. He brings you your mind to remembrance. Isn't it awesome, fellow believers, when you're in a moment and God brings to mind his word and you know in that moment, or when you look back in that moment, that was the Holy Spirit because I didn't remember that on my own. It's a wonderful thing. It's a rush to be used by God in that way. And so listen, what I want us to do is look at that moment and say, we can experience a lot more than that. As wonderful as that is. Well, the Holy Spirit not only teaches us all things, he, he guides. Fill that in. He guides. He guides. Acts 16.6 says, And they went through Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. That is, the Holy Spirit told them where to go and where not to go. That is, friends, do you understand that the person of the Holy Spirit that is with you and in you is there to tell you where to go and where not to go? Are you aware enough of that, or do you just get up and go about your day as though you are in charge? And let me point out one other one. He works miracles. He works miracles. Fill that in. He works miracles. Romans 15, 19 says, By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit, and here's the purpose of that. What's the purpose of the power of sign and wonders? Well, what's the purpose of the power of the Spirit? This is Paul talking he said, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the gospel, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And so from all those passages, I think we may safely conclude that the Holy Spirit is a person who possesses all the characteristics of personality and therefore he can be known. And so my friends, my prayer for you is that each and every one of us may enter into that deep, meaningful, 
rich, vibrant relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Turn back with me to John chapter 14. Verse 16 and 17 again. We started there, we'll end there. How's that? We'll bookend it. John chapter 14, verse 16 again. Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, what? Helper. Now the Greek word for helper is the word paraclete, and it literally means one who comes alongside to help. And so what I want us to understand here is that Jesus has been alongside these disciples for over three years now. And they have come to depend on him. They're they're super close. I mean, they are his disciples. They've given up everything to follow Jesus. And so now Jesus is saying, I'm going away. And those words are deeply disturbing them because they're thinking, well, I don't remember that being the plan. I mean, Jesus, you're, you're everything to us. You're, you're life itself. You're, you're our total path. We love you. We can't imagine life without you. What are we going to do? I mean, think with me, you know, Jesus was, was pretty cool to have around. Remember? I mean, he was the master of every situation. Did, did not Jesus use his time with the disciples to reveal, hey, I'm the king. Whatever situation you face, whatever need you have, I'm greater. I'm the answer. He revealed his power over nature. If there's a storm on the sea, he speaks, it's done. He revealed his power over the enemy. If there was a demon, he cast it out and sent it into the pit. He revealed his power over disease. If there was a cripple, he made them stand. If they were blind, he made them see. If someone was dead, he raised them to life. He was the master over every situation. It's tax season. If they had to pay their taxes, Jesus told them where to go get the the money. Told them to go fishing. Wouldn't that be nice? And so listen, they had come to depend on Jesus. They'd come to rely upon him. They come to love him. I mean, Jesus was full of truth. He was full of peace. He was full of compassion. 
He was so awesome to be around. And so they're floored, man. They are full of fear. They are full of anxiousness. What? I can't. What are we going to do without you? And so Jesus tells them, and listen, he is, he is telling us, and this is what he says to us, verse 16 again, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18 now. I will not leave you as what? Orphans. I will come to you. And so Jesus says, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm not leaving you alone. In fact, remember we read in John 16, it, it's better if I go because then I can send another helper to come alongside you to help. And listen, it will not just be God with you. It will be God in you. He will be indwelling you. And so Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is just like me. He is God just like me. And just like me, he is the master over every situation. And just like I was there to take care of every situation with you, just like I was there to walk through every storm with you. Just like I never left your side, the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. And he will be there to take care of every situation you have. And he will be there to take care of every need you have, and he is the master over every need, every situation, every provision, every protection that you will face in this life. And so, friends, this is why it is vitally important that each one of us Know the person of the Holy Spirit. In order that you might experience what is revealed to you in the Word, in order that you might experience, listen, God's very presence in your life, God's very power in your life, God's comfort in your soul, his love pouring over you like waves. You can know that 
And we so, so need that, especially in the days that we find ourselves in. And so it is my hope and prayer that with God's help, I will so present to you the gloriousness of the Holy Spirit, the beauty of the Holy Spirit, so that you might enter into all that he is, so that you might feel compelled to yield your life fully to him and you might allow him to fill your life in greater ways with his love and his grace and that you might use the spiritual gifts that God imparts to you to further the kingdom of God and be found as that good and faithful servant that we sang about before our teaching. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.